podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What's going on, FPL managers? Welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. I'm joined by Braz to talk about Game Week 27 free hit. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. Uh, obviously, as many saw, I was on holiday last week. And obviously, Scout has said you need to do two this week. So I'm very happy to be here. Uh, thank you for having me, Ted. Oh, lucky boy being on holiday. Yeah, I'm jealous of the sun because we've had lots of wind and rain in the UK. So that hasn't been particularly good. Uh, yeah, I worry about the football being called off. But I mean, did you catch the uh, Man United Leeds match? A waterlogged I did, pitch? I, did. Good. I mean, ridiculous. I mean, uh, you know, I was going to tweet uh, that uh, these championship level grounds are, uh, you know, so bad. And then I was like, I'll get the wrath from Leeds fans like anything. So I decided not to. <laughs> Yeah, it was a crazy game. And um, yeah, I mean, got Operation Target Leeds, right? I mean, who's playing Leeds this week? I think it's Spurs, isn't it? So yeah. It is indeed. Before that, though, Salah does. <laughs> oh, good point. You know what? We both wildcarded this week, fresh off the back of that, of those were 28 and 29 um, double game week um, announcements. And um, what a stressful Friday it was, Praz. Uh, coming up with a four or five game week strategy and implementing it in 24 hours was <laughs> it was a lot of brain power crazy yeah yeah i mean we'll talk about it but basically i went from a very different strategy two weeks ago to a different strategy a week ago to a completely different one um on friday absolutely it was a it was a crazy week of changing changing ideas but we will have a look at how we got on in game week 26 so far obviously only halfway through but before that um, just want to do uh, the so, so Rare Academy, which is um, partnered with Fantasy Football Scout, which is a sort of mini game apart from the So Rare game itself, which is about collecting cards which are unique to you. And uh, you can go into fantasy games and compete against other people. So Rare Academy is completely free to play and you pick five players from all over Europe. So you can pick Neymar, you can pick Messi, you can pick uh, Lewandowski, whoever you want. And in the domestic leagues, whether they do well in a normal fantasy week, you can compete against other managers, completely free to play. And if you do well, you can win some of these so rare cards. And that will be a gateway into you playing so rare, which is apparently quite good for, for collecting um, like player cards, which apparently it's like Pokemon. Uh, have you have you encountered this before, Praz? Uh, no, it's a bit new for me. Uh, I need to read up on it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds interesting. So yeah, make sure you check it out and completely free to play. So why not uh, dabble in it? But uh, yeah, back to the free hit 27 stuff. And we will, before we get into that, we will look at our teams uh, for game week 26. And we'll start with yours, Praz. 60 points on the wild card. Got to be happy with that, especially as triple captain Salah came off to a fantastic start um, and yeah. didn't hurt you too badly. Yeah, honestly, you know, when I was looking at the decision, the fact that I would not be able to triple captain Salah was one of the considerations, but it wasn't the biggest one because, you know, sometimes we forget that we have a team of 11 and then the 12th player is the captain. And in this case, maybe the 12th and the 13th player was going to be Salah. And I just looked at the other 10 apart from Salah and I changed pretty much all of them. So I have... Ramsdale left from that draft and Salah is obviously still there and Trent and so I was I was in the mindset that I'm going to change the whole team and this team is going to carry me in the next five weeks for lots of doubles I think we had these stats on nine doublers in 28 
seven doublers in 29. You you saved the free hit in 30. For me, as soon as the announcement came out, we have this chat, uh, Sonaldo and a couple of other people. And my first reaction was, this is a wild card. Uh, because, you know, it just made sense to me. And and to be honest, even a couple of hours before this, I was just thinking we're on we're taking minus eight, minus 12s, minus 16s. Obviously team dependent. People like Sonaldo, actually, who didn't wild card, had Sun, uh, Saka, uh, Salah already. So, you know, it made sense for him to stay. But for me, I think it was a no-brainer and I'm very happy with how it went. Um, obviously hurt by the Arsenal clean sheet wipeout. But these guys were, I think, over 100% EO defense. So it's not that bad. It's not like your differential defense, double defense didn't play out. I didn't expect Wolves to keep a clean sheet against Leicester. Um, so I'm happy with going double. I didn't play Saar this week. Um, obviously was not happy seeing Robertson on the bench. I missed the early leaks uh, or the late leaks before the deadline. But now I'm sitting pretty, right? Because uh, I'd rather have Robertson against Leeds than Van Dijk. Uh, so generally very happy. Um, I think Salah Payne will come another 10 to 15 points, whatever it is, you take it on the chin. And I'm comparing that 20-pointer, 25-pointer with uh, with whatever we will get as people who haven't triple-captained him. I mean, if he double blanks, it's not paid off. If he does a return or two, then it's not so bad. Yeah, exactly. I think you're well set up for the future game weeks, which was what the plan was originally. And um, bench boost in 28 is looking really good, especially, yeah. and I'm going to keep all my fingers crossed for Arsenal versus Chelsea to be put into 28. I think we all are uh, for bench boost. That will be... Would you bench boost? Uh, I, I know we're talking about 28 now, but would you would you do it without uh, the double as well? Yeah, 100%. I think um, Watford is a good enough fixture for Arsenal and obviously Liverpool with their single against West Ham um, is fine as well. So, I mean... Yeah, you wouldn't have benched Salah and Trent anyway, right? So uh, I don't even count them as the bench. Exactly. As soon as Arsenal get a double game week in 28, you bench all your Liverpool players and bench boost uh, Salah, Trent and Robertson and that's <laughs> <laughs> that's a fantastic bench boost. But yes, um, you know, that we're, we're thinking a little bit far ahead. And, um, you know, I think just a single game week for Arsenal against Watford isn't bad to bench boost. So, yeah, um, excited about the prospects. But we have to get past um, the Leeds fixture for triple captain Salah, which is going to yeah. be pretty frightening after that um, display against Man United. I thought that they were absolutely atrocious, especially Lorente, who was subbed in the first half after, well, right. on 45 minutes, wasn't it? So, uh, I really don't know. Um, yeah, tw 20 points was the expectation for Salah in this game week, but I think he can, and this is, sorry, without captaincy, um, I think he could probably quite easily surpass that and it's going to be touch and go whether we end up on a green arrow. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will take it on the chin because, you know what, we got lucky as well with Bowen and Foden and Cancelo. I mean, especially Cancelo and Bowen because those guys are actually... If you think about it, 266%, so we had 200% of that. So it's almost Salah is the one player we don't own, just single, 66% owned. Bone was 90 plus percent. Had he got a 15-pointer, that would have hurt much more. Cancelo could have easily, you know, 10, 15-pointer. That hurts way more than a Salah triple cap because, number one, it's a 66% owned player, not a 90. And we also still have a triple captainship left later. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, you're absolutely spot on. We did get lucky about these really highly owned players. Uh, it was it was torturous watching them. I think we got a, got away with it. Bowen was excellent, as usual. Cancelo was even more excellent. I mean, the amount of shots he had in that match, unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, we've got to be fortunate and um, be happy the way it's panned out. But yeah, so let, let's move on to my wildcard team. It's actually not 
too much different to yours, um, unsurprisingly. Largely the same amount of players. Um, Rafinha, zero to hero for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, benched, came on, scored, then got booked. <laughs> Roller coaster ride benching, um, having Rafinha in your team. But Liverpool to go. Don't know whether I expect anything in that game, but if you were going to sort of expect seven points in the double game week for Rafinha, yeah, that's probably about what you would take. And of course, a decent double game week in 28. So all in all, fairly decent. I went with Lacazette instead of the double Arsenal defence. So the Arsenal clean sheet wipeout actually helped me, weirdly. I I didn't know whether it would, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Lacazette and Jimenez, they seem like more of the assister forwards rather than the scorer forwards. So that was pretty evident this weekend. Uh, But yeah, all in all, pretty happy with this team. Um, the Arsenal Wolves game will be the big one for us, right? I mean, if it's if that's a nil nil, then we're you know everyone who's wild carded loaded up on Arsenal and Wolves defenders, they're in play. So, um, uh, or in your case, if Jimenez scores against Arsenal, then you're even you know laughing even more. So, um, so yeah, that's and I'm actually going to Emirates for that game, so it'll be a nice one to watch. Uh, five of my players, uh, semi differential players on uh, nice. uh, on the wild. Have you got a spare ticket? <laughs> I'll come with you. Actually, a friend of mine has the spare ticket, so he's a season ticket holder. I'll be sitting with the Arsenal fans, uh, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's difficult to know who to cheer for when you're in fantasy Premier League, uh, when you're at an actual game because no one really. And hoping for a nil nil as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I won't be hoping for a nil nil though. I think, um, but yeah. it's strange. Like always, the first fixture in the in the uh, double game week week is always the more upsidey because then all of the players that you've loaded up with play each other in the subsequent. Correct. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be a bit of a difficult one. I'm just looking forward to Robertson playing. That's all I want and to, sure. and to support. So yeah, pretty happy we ended up with him. Uh, I changed, uh, Alison Maximan was in my team originally and he, there was no from um, a Newcastle uh, journalist that he was out for like two to three weeks um, before, the, before the deadline. So I had to quickly change that and... Um, yeah, it was annoying because I had Saar in my as as the bench goalkeeper and um, the likes of Tierney. I know it's Gabriel, and I didn't have Lacazette, so I had to quickly sort of switch that up on right, you know, on the right. deadline stream. So I'm not actually that happy about owning Cody, but you know it is what it is. Debrav careers. I think sometimes we overplay the attacking potential of these. Um, you know, I went size because Liverpool, uh, sorry Leicester, were looking weak uh, from from headers in the con- from, from corners. These things are, you know, you're taking one in one in 20, 30 odds. So I think Cody's just as good. Yeah. Okay. He's certainly <laughs> certain to start for a minute. So yeah, yeah, not too, not too unhappy. Right. Let's get into the meat of the video and um, start looking at free hit stuff. So first of the charts I've got is defensive matchup. So this is the team and their XG conceded towards the right hand side. So further to the right they are the worst defensively potentially so we've got Leeds up there top right Norwich completely far right um and then the their opponents in game week 27 their xg so their opponents attacking prowess so uh teams in the top right have a weak defense and their opponents have an excellent attack so assuming uh that they're probably going to concede a lot of goals and conversely in the bottom left um, teams have a really good defensive prowess and their opponents are really weak attacking wise. So you can ex- probably expect them to concede very few goals or increase their clean sheet chances. 
I think the thing that st- stands out for me, Priaz, what do you reckon? Leeds against Spurs. <laughs> Leeds, Leeds against Spurs is the fixture to target, uh, to be honest. And it it's a week where a lot of people debate should we free hit or not. And obviously we're 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 focused here on those who are and but also people who are not, they will look at a Salah position, for example, and, and think if I'm dead ending to 28, should I sell Salah for? And your options could be Sun, could be KDB, could be Bruno. But I think this really helps to say that, look, if you want to target someone um, for a big mega haul, uh, then I think you go with a, a Sun as an example, or a Kane if you're looking to ship out Ronaldo, for example. Yeah, it's going to be interesting um, managing the amount of premiums we can have in our side because it seems like on a free hit, you can probably get around four. Um, so I think the big questions are probably the City lot, but we'll come to that later on. I think one of the questions here with this defensive matchup is do we go triple Spurs? And the Kulishevsky, you know, he, he might start, uh, might start, every game in a row now we don't know he got a couple of returns at the weekend and that's why he's now on the radar for everyone uh so it'll be interesting to see whether people do go triple spurs because it doesn't matter about form as long as someone's on the pitch against Leeds, they stand a chance against scoring and assisting yeah so. i mean you say that though but ronaldo blanked uh this week so i i hear you um i just think you gotta go for on a free hit there is a temptation to uh, maximize and rightly so uh, maximize the money on the pitch and so if you are maximizing the money on the pitch then you have to limit the amount of rotation risk players that you have alongside that and if we are we're going to come to this if you're going to have three Manchester City players then you're already on thin ice in terms of who else can you go for in terms of rotation risk so that's that's where I'm at with Kuloshevsky if that's how you pronounce it um I think and, you know yeah. Um, and, and that's my only issue. But otherwise, I think he's a really great shout. The more you can load up uh, against Leeds, uh, the better. So, yeah, Spurs are a good shout. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Norwich there. So Southampton play Norwich and Norwich have been, you know, their XG conceded is pretty high. It's more than I thought because I thought they were getting a little bit better defensively. So. Yeah. Uh, the likes of Breuer is going to be a popular pick, maybe Ward-Prowse um, to target that Norwich defence. Um, Burnley, we're, I think largely Burnley are going to be quite popular because they have the double game where you can see the two fixtures in the middle of the screen there against Leicester and Crystal Palace. Now, yeah. it's interesting. Do we double up? Uh, do we have Pope? Do we have double defence? Do we have double attack? So Burnley's XG conceded is middle of the pack. So they're, you know, you know, uh, their stats are middling and their opponents attacking stats are middling. So it almost seems if you ignore the actual number of clean sheets and number of goals that they've conceded, which is actually way above their stats, um, that they've got two mediocre chances of keeping a clean sheet. Um, does that deter you at all from doubling up defensively, Praz? Um, I think it deters me from... Um thinking about captaincy and and but i just don't see at if when i think about burnley i will never i only have seven slots for for attackers there's no way i'm wasting two on burnley attackers this double game week or not because simply they are not going to score more than and i know we're talking about defensive here but they're not going to score more than three goals over two maybe four so if you have double attack then you're not really maximizing the output you'd rather hit a team um, and, and Burnley are good for a clean sheet. I mean, they're decent, like you said. So if you can get one out of the two, 
I'm happy with that. Uh, you got to go for it. Absolutely. I mean, the appearance points are sometimes just under the radar and in double game weeks, two points from two fixtures isn't a bad result and anything yeah. on top of that can be decent. Um, especially if you pick Pope, who's the goalkeeper, you know, save points, bonus points are often given to those sorts of keepers that don't keep a clean sheet, but get a lot of saves. So right. yeah, right. it's not the end of the world, but yeah, in terms of clean sheet prospects itself, Man City, definitely there. Um, West Ham against Wolves. Wolves aren't particularly attacking, although, you know, they scored a couple of goals at the weekend, but most of them from a stats perspective were outside the box. So unpredictable. So um, West Ham have a decent chance of keeping a clean sheet. Man United against Watford. Watford's attack isn't particularly good, although I have to say last six matches don't include Saar coming back in the side for most of them. Maybe that increases Watford's potential of scoring. But I think... I, do, Watford... I, I think... Go yeah, on. sorry, go on. No, no, it's fine. I was going to agree with you that uh, Saar really changed them. And against Villa, um, I was, you know, I had... Uh, I was debating starting Coutinho or Dean. And I was actually quite set on starting Dean because I thought, you know, Watford is blunt. They haven't scored in the last, what, five games or whatever. But Saar really made them tick. And, uh, you know, those who either kept uh, King or and Dennis actually they you know just one goal wasn't enough uh, king got a great chance dennis had another shot that was that was uh, you know close so w- my view on watford has changed a lot because my free hit draft a week ago would have had maybe double man united defense which i don't think is the play now it's really watford are really interesting because you look at look at there on the, on the chart they're like top 5 for xg conceded like Roy Hodgson, I don't know if it's Roy or whether it's just the fact that they are just perceived worse than they actually are defensively, but they play Man United, who are, of course, you know, very, very attacking, and that XG is definitely going to be enhanced by playing Leeds recently. But right. it's going to be an interesting matchup whether actually Man United managed to score a lot against Watford compared to Spurs against Leeds. So I don't think people should be going too mad on, on doubling and tripling up on Man United attacking assets. Would you agree with that, Pratt? I, I agree with that. I mean, I think that the general criticism for non-free hitter, or mm-hmm. sorry, the, the general criticism by non-free hitters or people who are generally avoiding the free hit is we're just, we, we have teams apart from City that are very unpredictable. Usually we're used to a comfort blanket of three or two or three Liverpool players, a few City, maybe Chelsea defence, obviously not more recently, where you know these guys are predictable because there's underlying data to support the Chelsea defenders, uh, the Man City attackers and defenders and, uh, you know, Liverpool's attack and Trent. But now you're kind of putting your money into a Man United uh, team, which can win 3-0 and, and I believe they can. But they could also equally lose, and they did lose to Watford earlier in the season. So you just you just never know. So I would I would say, you know, when we talk about specific players, um, we, we'll get to that. But I think get going anywhere more than one or two Man United would just be you're taking a higher risk. Obviously, you can you can benefit if there's there's bigger returns. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It seems like Man City might be the, might be the priority and Spurs as well. So uh, I think definitely having one or two Man United assets is is a decent shout but not to yeah. go too hard. But let's um let's move on to the goalkeepers because we can sort of um, dovetail this defensive chat with um, who the best goalkeepers to have in this double game week are. And this also applies to non-free hitters as well. You could be happy about owning the likes of De Gea and playing, them, playing him against Watford. 
Um, but certainly this chart, which is saves across the bottom per appearance in the last six game weeks, and then towards the top, it's the XG prevented. How much that they are actually working to prevent the shots, to prevent the, excuse me, prevent the XG from actually being converted into a goal and you can see Pope top right there is absolutely an insane form at the right time for us so it's an absolute no-brainer for me uh, to have him in this double game week Burnley's goals conceded is the lowest here um, amongst all teams uh, it's equal to Liverpool so 0.4 goals conceded which is the the number below the team name is the same as Allison's, and that is the that is the lowest uh, lowest here. So they're conceding very, very few goals. You can see the number above it, the 1.1 XG on target conceded, is a little bit more than Allison's, for example, and quite a lot of other teams. But it means that Pope is doing an excellent job of keeping all of these shots out. And what it does mean is he's got very good save potential and bonus potential. So what do yeah. you make of this chart, Praz? Um, anything of note? I mean, the analytic FC will come back and say it could also be that he's been a little luckier than he should, uh, uh, than um, you know the stats suggest. Yeah. But uh, I think you know for us right now the focus is: where, are we going for De Gea or Pope? Uh, and basically, those are the two standout keepers. Uh, you know, you know, you're probably not going to go for a Loris or an Edison. Edison because you may want other slots for Man City. You're not going to back a Leeds attack. So against Leeds attack. So I think between Pope and De Gea, I, I like uh, Pope for all the reasons you said. I think he they are coming into their own. I also feel that Sean Dyche has this mentality of if we're in the you know in the relegation battle, and he's done this in the past as well. He just basically puts all his hunkers down and he says, "I am now uh, you know we're, we're we're here to defend. We're going to be solid. Um, we'll we'll get our discipline back." And I think we see that. I mean, they kept they have started to get the clean sheets back. You see more discipline, and uh, even without Tarkowski, I think they looked okay. Um, so it's more a system thing with Sean Dyche, and I think um, they they sh they should be okay. And it's not like Man United are defending very well, right? So your comparison isn't an Allison here or isn't a Ramsdale here. They don't play, um, so it it comes back to uh, for me. Yeah, I think uh, Pope, especially with the double game week, is is quite a good shout. Yeah, absolutely. And Dyche in his post match uh, press conference or post-match interview was saying that he he really thinks that the system is humming at the moment. The defensive system is really solid. And he's always said that he's had faith in it for the entire season. Like whether they start conceding more goals than they actually should is just variance to a certain extent. Um, but, you know, don't underestimate the amount of confidence that the side gets when they start getting results. And they start getting results now. And they start keeping more and more clean sheets. There's going to be more cohesiveness. It's just... A no-brainer to to go yeah, double yeah, defensive yeah. Burnley, I think. I mean, the, the question that people will have is, should we go, um, if we had the money, De Gea and the two centre-backs, or do you go Pope and a Maguire or a Dallow? And that's, I think, a more nuanced question in the sense of, and even Roberts is in the conversation now, who's looked fairly attacking. Um, that's the more nuanced question on who do you want to go for? Do you target the centre-back um, who can go up for the for the headers in the corners? Or do you get the De uh, uh, you know Pope for the save points? Yeah, exactly. I think De Gea has equal save opportunity to Pope. Like even if it's Watford and they don't 
have that attacking prowess, they're probably going to get a few saves, uh, sorry, a few shots on goal. So I think De Gea is absolutely fine. I think, you know, arguably Pope and Dallow is the same price as De Gea and me. So it, you could sort of six of one half dozen the other. Um, but you could save money on Burnley defenders like Peters, who's 4.2. Uh, and if you're short for cash when you're free hit, then that might be a decent downgrade from Ben Me could save 0.6. So it really depends on your team structure, on your team value. But I think first choice for me would be Pope and and Ben Me. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing that stands out from this chart to me is um, uh, you know Star. I mean, Star Sa is a good option uh, for people that have him. Um, you know, West Ham. And again, we're talking to non-free hitters. I think you can you can actually be reasonably bullish that uh, Wolves is solid. West Ham have been looking a little bit leggy. I mean, especially the second half. I know you mentioned Bowen looked good in the first, but the second half, West Ham, I, I know I felt looked very tired um, against Newcastle. So I think if you have a Saar in goal, you shouldn't be worried about um, you know and losing any upside to De Gea or or Pope potentially because um, you know Wolves, Wolves defense is good. Yeah, yeah, and I think West Ham have turned into a side that's very, very dependent on Jared Bowen, and yeah. um, almost like a Wolves side that's dependent on Jimenez to a certain extent, even though he didn't score the weekend. Um, so it really depends on Bowen's performance. Obviously, he's in red, red hot form, so it doesn't really uh, apply. But yeah, Saar looks like a terrific option. The only other thing I'd add to this was would be Ramsdale's strange position because we've always seen him in that Pope position in the remainder of the season. And I can only sort of suggest that it's due to the nature of the opposition that he's had in the last four matches, which is the only matches he's played in the last six game weeks. Uh, I think it's like Brentford, Wolves and Burnley who don't tend to shoot that often. He has also played Man City, but he didn't get a single save in that game. So not 100% sure. But yeah, I think Arsenal's defence is is actually sometimes to blame for Ramsdale's decline because they've got really, really solid. And when a defence yeah. gets very solid, it actually removes the goalkeeper's potential like Man I mean, City and Edison. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But I think, yeah. On, on his day, Ramsdale's an absolutely fantastic keeper, so I wouldn't let that put you off. Right. Um, let's move on and talk about the attacking stuff for the free here. So uh, we'll go through the same process again. This is the attacking matchups. So we've got this, uh, the team's um, attacking prowess in their XG uh, towards the right-hand side, Man City and Man United setting the pace there, and their opponents XG conceded towards the top. So we've got Tottenham there against Leeds. Um, and Southampton against Norwich. Uh, so Breuer again, Ward-Prowse, Son, Kane, all of the City boys, all the Man United guys seem to be the pick of the bunch. Um, I think we it'll be interesting to talk about captaincy here, Praz, because we've got Burnley there against Leicester, who have a terrible XG conceded, and then their second fixture against Palace. Veghorst and Burnley's lesser attacking appeal and their two fixtures versus the likes of one fixture for Son or Kane. Yeah. What's your what are you currently sitting on? I'm on I'm on double game week fever obviously, uh Weghurst. but uh look, I think I think the head says Kane or Son uh and maybe Son better for for Leeds given that they'll have spaces behind the back line uh for Son to run into. Uh but you know, the thing is a lot, a lot of times people think you just get double game week fever and you just, you know, you, you go for rubbish players. This is partly true. This happened with King and Dennis. But in on the flip side, you also have games where 
you know, with Bowen, for example, the first game didn't pan out. You're just basically taking two chances. You're rolling the dice twice and you may hit a six. So, you know, that's that's the idea. And I think not taking the Burnley double against uh, another, I would find it hard if I didn't go Weghorst, uh, to be honest. Especially My heart does yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Especially as he's just, you know, uh, lit up with with uh, a goal and assist to add to his yeah. already assist and, and, you know, increasing stats. And Leicester is a, like a particularly decent matchup for him because of that set piece weakness. So yeah. I kind of agree with you, but I'm currently on Sun because my right. head says Leeds is such a bad fixture. It's going to be a really difficult one. And I feel like I'm going to swap between captaincies until the end. It's going to be the one that that we decide last, because I think given the way the template, the free hit template is going, we'll be all set on a team way before the deadline. And then all we'll be fretting about is, do we go with the head or the heart? Uh, and I just know myself. I'm, I, you know, my, my, my way of resolving this is, which one will I regret more? And I think I'll regret more if the double game weaker does well. And I didn't go for him versus if Sun does well, I'll be like, look, I have him as a differential. Probably Kane will do one as well. So I'm in a position where I own both anyway. But if if Weghorst, you know, scores a brace in one and scores a goal in the other, not that I'm saying Burnley score a lot, but look, you're, you're taking a chance. You're taking a punt, especially at a time where we're on free hit. We're not going to get Burnley players again, perhaps for the rest of the season. So I, 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 I probably will go for Weghorst. It's a really interesting one, actually. Like, obviously, the way we should think about it is we pick the player who's going to score the most points. And I think Veghorst has that higher floor because he's got the two games. But I think maybe the Spurs guys have the higher ceiling. It's just hitting that ceiling is probably... Uh, you need that variance to go your way. You need Son to be clinical as he normally is. And you need to have those immense amount of opportunities. But Veghorst in 180 minutes is probably the sensible pick. And any sort of model, statistical model, will probably suggest that Veghorst scores more than any other single game we play. I wonder what the effective ownership will be. Because from what I've seen on, in, on social media, that everyone who isn't free hitting, the differentials that the free hits players will have is Son and Kane more often than not. So Son and Kane may already be differentials to right. those that free hit. Whereas Veghorst might be more highly owned because he's cheaper and people have already loaded up uh, on him for the 26 double. So I can see Veghorst being the key guy. And if you don't want to go against him, then maybe he's the sensible option. Yeah, look, I I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. I think Veghorst's EV will be more than 100. Um, So you're basically saying, can I back my gut and have triple, um, you know, double Sun and Kane, triple attack from from uh, Spurs versus 110% Weghorst. And uh, I see your logic. I think I think there is there is a, a lot of upside, but again, it's Spurs, right? I mean, if it, if we were talking about, you know, even Salah with a single game week, I would have said, okay, because I, I trust the Liverpool attack. With Spurs, yes, they looked great against City, but yes, you know, the team was up for it. They were, um, they were playing the champions. They always do well against City. Do they show up against Leeds, how the game goes? That one game is what I have an issue with, that you just have a bad game and and and, and that's it. Your captain's gone, as opposed to two two bites at the, the cherry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I I've, we just had a chat, a super chat. and uh, I don't normally do super chats, but it's should I free hit now to avoid price rises? If you're going to free hit now uh, during, this, during this week, activate the free hit as quickly as possible. 
and then you can make the most of all of the price rises that go up and maybe increase your team value by a few. Well, actually, it's I've had a number of questions on free here about the intricacies, about whether you get your squad, your, your selling price back um, after you, uh, you, you finish the free hit and you go back to your original squad and all this sort of stuff. Basically, you get your team back like it was before the game week 26 deadline, if as if you hadn't touched it for an entire week, including all of the price rises and falls that may have gone on in the subsequent weeks. So yeah, yeah. hopefully that helps. Um, we will go on to talk about the players themselves now, I think. So bearing in mind the actual fixtures that we've just seen, um, I've split it down to the, the Spurs guys, Man United, uh, Southampton, Man City and Burnley. And I think those are the key players that we're going to target this week. Um, so this this chart basically just splits out the XG of these players into big attempts, which are shots and chances created, and the small attempts, which are shots and chances created. The big ones are the easy ones, the small ones are more difficult. Kane, Fernandez, and Son absolutely setting the pace in that top right hand side. And staples on your FPL and uh, your free hit team, Praz. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean. Fernandez wasn't in my team earlier, um, but uh, after the performance and after after seeing how Leeds were, um, it yeah, I, I think uh, I love this chart. By the way, it's, it 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 gives you such a good picture and possibly one of one of the few things. Usually, I just look at XG or XGI, but this one I always kind of go back to because it it splits out. It gives you that nuance. For example, the you know the the silver, the De Bruyne's. They're not getting those big chances. They they might still have a good XG. So I I yeah I really love this. And and to answer your question, I think for sure, Sun and Kane, um, you know the Man City guys that are propping up here and Bruno. So yeah, that's basically idea the idea of the chart. I'm yeah. glad you find it useful. I it's it's really interesting because normally if you look at XG and this, the purists among you will say there's no difference between having. Um, less higher quality chances and more less quite fewer quality chances so which is De Bruyne and uh, Bernardo Silva is the latter um, but I think it does make a difference if you are targeting a single game week for example on a free hit I think you're more likely to get returns if you target players that get the bigger bigger chances because they're more likely to uh, you know, convert them when they get them. And on a one, if they get one big chance in a match, in a single match, they're more likely to get a return than someone has, I don't know, three or four, uh, you know, speculative efforts. So that that's just my opinion. Uh, the purists among you will completely disagree. But um, no, I think, look, you know, we're, we're also working in an environment where if you had data of 100 games and then you did this, then I would agree with that. But we're also working in an environment where, Things change, the positions change, the tactics are changing somewhat depending on opponents. So you want to see that, you know, is, is Bernardo Silva the asset that he was when he was playing up front versus now that De Bruyne is back and now the, the chances, even though the XG might be similar, there are more smaller chances than the bigger ones that they were getting. I do get the big picture question uh, comment that you said that it probably doesn't make a difference if he's taking 10 shots from outside the box with a similar XG than the one. But yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying. You, you, I would rather have the guy with the higher, the bigger attempts. Yeah, I think so. So Sterling seems to be the standout option. But I think the, the decisions that we're all going to have to make on this free hit are which two City 
guys to get if you're going to get two midfielders. I think Mares, uh, he was benched last week. They are not playing midweek, so they're going to have a week's rest. Um, I think I think that's the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, Pep's more likely to play his best eleven against an Everton side that maybe our F- us FPL managers consider to be weaker than the general perception amongst you know FPL actual sorry actual football managers so Pep's likely to give that fixture a little bit more credit than maybe we would and he's going to try and play his best 11 and if we can predict his best 11 then maybe we stand a chance at getting two key midfielders from Man City so who are your current favourites um, because it seems like a big um, spread at the moment. On this yeah, challenge. I mean, look, it, it, it matches where you are, which is basically Sterling and, and Mahrez. If you look at only big attempts, um, obviously Foden's putting up good numbers. And this is one one nuance that I wanted to talk about, that a lot of people say, look, Foden was the go-to guy. You guys were all bigging up Foden for the last few weeks. And now suddenly everyone's saying, OK, we don't want Foden on free hit. doesn't make sense. And I just want to explain the reason why Foden on a regular game week is the go-to guy is the price. Because if you go for a Sterling or a Mares, then you can't have a Sun or a Kane alongside. So you're basically blocking yourself out. Uh, so on a regular basis, I would take the smaller upside, little bit smaller upside for the fact that I can afford other players across my team. For a one week free hit, I'm basically looking at zooming in on only the guy who will get me the better volume of shots and ultimately the more FPL points. And there for me, the way Sterling's been playing, I mean, Sterling is a streaky player. Uh, he's been more central. He's been starting up front. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I think they'll revert back to the Foden-Sterling-Mares combination up front. They won't have the false nine that they had against Spurs. I think that was a, more of a, when it's a back five, more defensive team yeah. and, and a top, top four team, he usually goes for that. So if you're back to that, we're in this environment where at City, as you said, there's a midweek break, but also after this, the Champions League midweek is a dead rubber, almost a dead rubber. I mean, they're four or five nil up, I forget. Um, so it's a perfect chance in that game to bring Grealish or, or Jesus back for some minutes as they're getting back. It's a perfect game because City have lost the last one, so he's not going to take the chance and start a, a Grealish even though he's half fit. So this is the team where... Hopefully, we, we, we can all be pepped at any time, but I think it's a very predictable lineup. I mean, I could say with reasonable certainty, other than Walker versus Stones at right back, you can probably say what this team is going to be, and we'll see what the predicted lineup says. Uh, they can obviously be spanners, but if that team is what it is, given the stats, I would go for Sterling and Maris. Maris for the pens, for the fact that he's the go-to guy. And Sterling, for the fact that he's electric, he's showing great numbers. Uh, I think three double-digit holes in the last five or six. So those are the guys I want. Yeah, just listening to you there, just really sort of enforced my comfort about being able to predict the Man City lineup, which is obviously a terrible thing to say because we could yeah. easily get stung by Pep. We've been through this a million times. Um, but it does seem like a logical... Uh, move from Pep, especially when you know they've lost points against Spurs, Liverpool have gained points. They need to win this game to just get back to winning ways to just put your first eleven out. And I completely agree with you. Sterling, Foden, and uh, Mares. That that front three is their first eleven. Like Grealish, I don't know, is he injured? Is he out of favour? I'm not sure. I think Jesus is actually injured. He's certainly red flagged on the uh, even Grealish is, but Grealish is apparently coming back. Right. So. So it's actually a perfect storm. Those guys aren't fit. 
So you, they don't have many options up front anyway, unless they went for a Gundogan false nine um, or even a Bernardo Silva, which they experimented. I, I don't think there's anybody else. And you, somebody can argue, look, Grealish could be fit by Friday, but is he really going to throw him into this game? Or will it be the game where they're 5-0 up or 4-0 up? And, you know, he'll get some minutes. And by the way, this is another argument Luke was saying today on Twitter um, that if he wants to give Grealish some minutes, then who does Grealish come on for on the 65th minute? It's Foden, because that's where Foden's been playing. Yeah, agreed. And he's been a little bit out of form, Foden, compared to the rest. Sterling with, you know, 0.3 big returns, 0.5 small returns, Mares 0.8 big returns. Foden only 0.2 of the more difficult efforts, and even De Bruyne has more. So it's, even Bernardo Silva has more, and that says it all. But um, what do you think about Foden at the moment? Because every time I watch him, I think what an absolute class player he is. He just doesn't get enough FPL returns for us. Um, So I was watching the midweek game that they had where he did score, um, and he had an he had a VAR ruled offside. He had so many assist chances. But by the way, this is true of all City players because that's the number of chances they create. So for me, he's almost a hygiene pick that you have to have him because he'll be involved, he'll be in the points. But now we're talking on a relative basis. Then I do agree that he hasn't been. Whether that's because in some of the games he's in charge of hugging the touchline. You remember the Sane role um, two, three years ago where Sane would just not leave the touchline. Now, Foden doesn't do that. He does come inside a little bit. But I feel that there are some games where tactically Pep says, look, you you are going to be the guy who will create the width for us and give us that space. Mares never sticks to the dead uh, touchline anyway. So the game almost kind of moves towards the left and Foden stays more outside the box and Mahrez is the one coming into the box. That's just my observation. But anyone who's short of funds and is thinking, can I downgrade a Sterling? If I was to rank, I would say Mahrez for me, number one, Sterling and then Foden. If Could I downgrade a Sterling to a Foden to a four-day Bruno, Son and Kane in my team? I think that's absolutely fine. I mean, I don't think there's any issue in going for Foden. We're nitpicking here in terms of who's slightly better. But I think both are very good. And and for those not on free hit who already have Foden, absolutely fine as well. I mean, this is the beauty um, of picking two midfield city assets, is because they're all they all belong to different price brackets. And depending on your team value, you can accommodate any of these players in different ways. And they're probably all fairly decent. So I mean, we haven't talked much about De Bruyne, and obviously we know what a good player he is, but it seems like Sterling is the guy. Uh, and obviously Mares on penalties as well. So it's difficult paying 12 million for De Bruyne because it does deteriorate the rest of your team a little bit, uh, prevents you from going the likes of Ben Mee. You might have to go for a, a cheaper Burnley player. You might have to downgrade those bench options a little bit further and then any rotation becomes an even more pressing problem for you. So yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think Sterling and Mares. it's interesting. We put the same free hit team together initially, so we're we're pretty aligned on this. Um, I would just say a couple of things on Sancho. So he's showing up here as well. Um, And this is last six game weeks, even though Sancho has really shown up uh, in the last two or three, I would say. Uh, So I would say take this with a pinch of salt where the first three of the six weren't as good, but the last three are actually very good. And I think Sancho has... Uh, nailed the spot. There's no way he's getting rotated. So he will start uh, the Watford game. And I think the same logic applies between Fernandez and Sancho, that if you were short of funds and you really wanted to go Sterling and Mares, 
then you could see an argument of going Bruno to Sancho. Now, I know Bruno's just hauled, and it's very difficult to talk people out of players who have just hauled to go for somebody who hasn't. I mean, Sancho goes two assists, but I think he's a good shout as well. Uh, and uh, people, you know, if, if they go for... I wouldn't suggest two attackers from Man United against Watford, but they, if they went for uh, Sancho instead of uh, Bruno, I don't think it's the worst shout in the world. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think um, I, I was looking at building in Sancho to go alongside Fernandez and um, get two City defenders instead of two set City attackers. And I think it's a legitimate draft. So have a play around with it yourself and see if you like it. I think Sancho is a great option. Um, but yeah, moving on from the City and United players, um, we've got this Kulishevsky guy who is whose stats aren't actually that good because Kane has converted his, that header from a, you know, it was one cross, it was one very decent cross, it has to be said. And of course, he had basically an open goal um, from the Son pass. But other than that, has he done that much? Not not too much. But if you compare the amount of returns he has, 0.7 big returns per appearance, 0.3 small returns um, per appearance, compared to the people around him with similar stats, massively overperforming. I, Take that with a pinch of salt because obviously they're playing Leeds and if he's on the pitch, he can do, you know, he, he could get a couple of goals in that for all we know. Um, so, yeah, maybe not reading too much into this. I'm not 100% sure, but from all of the other options that we've discussed, it seems like there's plenty uh, to sort of hedge your bets with. And I'm sort of, I'm talking myself out of the Kulichevsky, um draft, I'd say. Right. So, yeah, the... Um... There were, Sorry, go on. Sorry, there's a question I was reading from the chat on the video. I don't know if you wanted to touch on that. I think that's an old video. Uh, I don't even think it's a recent one. So I, I, I've put zero value on that. Yeah, I wouldn't put any value in it. I, I, I don't know much about this, uh, to be, yeah. to be quite frank. But um, unless it becomes a big issue, and obviously we're going to get press conferences, we're going to get all of these sorts of reports from journalists and stuff. We've got a whole week to decide this. Free hit is flexible. You can transfer in and out players as much as you want. So just keep track of it. I don't think it will be a big issue, but yeah. Um, but yeah, moving on from these guys, uh, they caused his stats, Praz, aren't actually that bad for a Burnley striker, you know, comparable to Foden's. And, you know, he's, he's, he's in form now, arguably. So maybe that captaincy can be put on him. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, the thing you're looking at these stats after the score, I mean, obviously he had the chance and he put it away. And I know uh, that'll that'll probably show up in XG over performance, but he was there and he did well um, to be there for the chance. But will Burnley create enough of those chances in over those two games versus a City or, or, or a Spurs? So I'm just trying to give the other side of it where there is perfectly decent logic for people to say that, look, I'm going to ignore the fact that these are appearance points. Ultimately, a double game week is appearance points and minutes. But if you had a view that Spurs will create more chances in the game than Burnley will over two games, and I don't think that's a very far-fetched assumption, then absolutely. I think I think a Sun or a Sterling or a Mara's captaincy is absolutely fine as well. Yeah, I think there's plenty of ways to do this. And um, yeah, the beauty of it, I think it comes down to your personal preference. So yeah, let's not forget, guys, that, you know, if you go for, I, I tweeted this earlier, if you go for a differential on your free hit, it may just be overkill. The fact that you're playing your free hit is differential in and of itself. So yeah, just keep just, just keep it simple. Go for the obvious players and, you know, hopefully they come through. They're more likely to come through at least because differentials are 
you know, low ownership for a reason. And if they, they will propel you up the ranks if they do well, but they're probably on, on the whole less likely to do well. But yes, I mean, the other Burnley players compared to, to Veghorst are, you know, not that appealing, to be honest. Um, I was tempted to go Cornet initially, but looking at his last few games, he hasn't seen the same player uh, and Veghorst just seems like the most obvious option. So I think... To be honest, when he before AFCON, when people are considering Cornet, uh, we did uh, with Sonaldo. We did a comparison. I mean, he was overstatting, uh, over uh, performing his stats ridiculously. So even before, it was a case of scoring four worldies in five games, and people kind of just that's where he came into the the, the radar. He's fine. He's an attacker. He's out of position. You could get lucky, but I, for me, if it was a decision between them, I would definitely go with um, uh, with Veghorst. And if it's a decision between a defender and Cornet, for me, it's the defender. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So the last um, the last two to really talk about on this is the Southampton uh, guys. Breuer, I think, is going to be a staple in our sides because he's so cheap and his stats have been really good recently. Hasn't been so good on the returns, but against Norwich, who, as we've just seen, their XG conceded is pretty high. He has a really decent chance of scoring in that game, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I was, I was speaking to somebody today that if I had an extra million then I would have probably gone the fifth midfielder of Ward-Prowse. So I think Broya is also in the team, not because he's the best Southampton attacker, but because he enables the Sun, Kane, Bruno, uh, you know, double city midfield. So he can enable that and he's a great option. It's not like Ward-Prowse is going to outscore him by 10 points. But I think all things being equal, if, if you just gave me a million more, I would slightly prefer Ward Prowse for the other stuff, you know, the, the the free kicks and the assist potential as well. It's interesting you say that that if if you if you had unlimited budget, you would choose Ward Prowse over Breuer. Probably. Where I'm not sure I completely agree with that because from the just just because of the nature of the sort sorts of goals that Ward Prowse scores, they're they're absolutely fantastic finishes, but they're sort right. of unpredictable to a certain extent. So if you've got like a decent fixture in Norwich that are going to allow plenty of big chances it kind of screams Breuer to me as the more obvious pick but it's just interesting how you have a different opinion on that I, I just his underlines are also I mean Breuer has looked good but his underlines are okayish right yeah. I mean he's he's doing well for his price but again we're talking unlimited budget who would you go for and that's that's where I think you get another route to points and you know what Prowse gives that I do also agree with you that if it was a double game week, then it adds to the fact that he could get that free kick. Uh, and so therefore, maybe then you go for a word press. So I do see your logic as well. But I think Breuer just enables so much that you 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 get him. Some people who are um, who could afford, someone else may even have a bench luxury of having Breuer first bench. But I think he's a very startable player and, and a good pick. Yeah, FPL training in the chat saying he's on pens too, of course, and a hundred percent nailed. So definitely not uh, worth you know ignoring that because that's definitely a valid point. And I think you know if you've lost faith with Rafinha for some reason, maybe he continues to be benched uh, in the next game against Liverpool, then he's a decent alternative to Rafinha at about the same price for sure. the game week twenty eight double. Um, so yeah, so someone to think about Ward Prowse and um, not someone that I'd been thinking about that much really. So. Good stuff. Right. Everyone in the chat, um, please like the video because we're about to show us, show you our free hit draft that we randomly just made separately and it was exactly the same. So I'm glad we're on the same page as, as Praz. But yeah, 
uh, give the video a like guys and hope it'll boost the views and all that sort of stuff with the algorithm and yeah let's take a look at our free hit team um it's Pope in goal, as we sort of said. He seems like the standout option. Uh, that that Ben Mee, that double Burnley uh, defensive double up in um, the defensive line, and then obviously Beghorst, uh, that third potential, the third Burnley player in the forward line. And then we've got the Sterling and Mares uh, midfield with Cancelo, Dallo and Fernandez, Dallo with the Watford fixture, Son and Kane, and Breuer against Norwich. I think that's a pretty solid team, Praz. That's everything a free hit should be. Uh, I mean, I can talk about my couple of concerns in this team. Um, so the first concern is obviously Dalo. Um, I think um, my view as a Man United fan is Dalo is first choice. Uh, Van Bissaka played this game, um, but the Leeds game, but it was purely out of because it was a high energy game. I expected, um, you know, there to be rotation. I also expected actually Ronaldo to miss out, but Cavani wasn't fit enough, and clearly he's not trusting Rashford at all. Uh, so. I don't think Dallas spot is, is, is an issue. It's the Man United defense. So are you trusting a Man United defense versus a Livramento or a Bednarek, for example? So that's my first dilemma. Uh, and those asking about Livramento, look, he was injured. And then obviously, um, uh, right, Phillips came in and, and he did really well. Sorry, uh, Kyle Walker-Peters <laughs> came in and he did really well. Uh, and, and he's taken that spot, but now... Uh, he, you know, Livermento had a great game, and I think he'll keep his spot. So he, he's possibly a good option. And would you play him over Dallo? Maybe. If you wanted to be super safe, you just go Bednarek, and that's your guy. Just, uh, you know, four point four. I think he is. My second concern is the bench, right? I mean, the bench is pretty thin, and you have a Pep roulette of basically not playing Mares or Starling or whatever. And then you're stuck with you know you playing Amarty or I don't know what which one which your bench was and I, and me playing Livramento if he misses out or Dalo if he misses out and suddenly you're not even putting out eleven on a free hit. That's my one concern that I'm trying to kind of think through. Is it worth the effort? I'll probably have a look at the predicted lineups for City. We'll see how the Champions League game goes for Man United. Is Bruno doing all right? Uh, was he looking tired or not? Things like that. So I think those are the things that are at the back of my mind, but. Sun Kane, the double city mid, uh, Bruno, Weghurst, double Burnley, everyone's going to have that. So it's more about what are you trying to do aside from that? And like you mentioned, I think those are very wise words. People don't need to kind of say, everyone's free hit looks like this, so we, we need to be a li little different because the majority are actually not on free hit. Yeah, exactly. No, I think uh, from what you said is absolutely completely logical and if you need to free up cash if you don't like the city midfield double up because you aren't certain of those minutes there are plenty of ways you can tweak this you know you could move sterling down to sancho and dallo up to laporte and have two city uh, defenders instead or you can move maros down to kulichevsky and dallo up to laporte you, you can you can do plenty of stuff with this side. I think it has a really strong foundation with those four premiums. Breuer with the 5.3, 5.4 player enabling all of those three. Uh, and of course, the Burnley, the Burnley double up, uh, the triple Burnley double up. So I'm really, I'm really happy. And I think we might end up having the same side, but I, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. As you say, it's enough of a differential to have on a free hit and I think you know people are going to go without Son and Kane this week against Leeds and that must be fairly terrifying so 
But I mean, equally so. If you're saving the free hit for later in the game weeks, sorry, for later in the season, you're going to get the benefit then. And, um, you know, as long as you play the chips fairly logically, you're going to get a huge benefit. So I'm, I'm quite excited though, Praz. Are you? If you're not excited on a free hit week, then, you know, there's something wrong. It's chip season, right? Chip season is so exciting. You can, you can tinker. The only thing I'm, 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 I'm trying to guard against is just fatigue of um, looking at the same team over the week and just getting that urge to tinker. I, I came up with a draft yesterday where I had De Bruyne, Sterling, Mares all in midfield, and then uh, a double Man United defense. And I was like, look, you're, you're just trying to over-engineer here. Um, you know, is De Bruyne that much better than Fernandez? And you're you're losing Cancelo in in return. So it's about basically talking sense to yourself. I, I see some comments in the chat as well. If everyone in the FPL community has the same team, where is the differential? That's This is the differential. I mean, not everyone is on free hit. And if this is the best team, why do you want to not have the best team just because you want to be different? I, you know, that's the way I would think about it. Yeah, just to just to back up Praz there, um, Jani put out a poll earlier, which had like 2000 votes on it saying, asking whether you were free hitting or not. And 55% of people weren't free hitting. So if you're hitting this week, you're getting 55% of the benefit of free hitting. I'm sure there's going to be, you know, that's a very, very, um, you know, basic way of working it out. But um, you're going to get players, these four premium assets. If people are keep, keeping Salah, for example, they're only going to have one premium compared to your four on free hit. And that's just, you know, the, the people could wildcard in 28 and sell Salah for another premium, but you've still got two extra premium players and triple Burnley. So I think there's a huge upside in this. And um, don't get trapped by searching for differentials just for the sake of it. That would be our takeaway message, I think. Indeed. indeed. I, I have one question for you, Ted. Uh, yeah. There's certain people who don't have our team value, right? I mean, they have not been as focused on price changes. Yeah. If I was to ask you in your team, if you had... 1.5 million less as as just a, where would you save that 1.5 um i mean F foden is a is a cheaper option in that city midfielder uh, you you could go um sterling and foden you could go mares and foden it really depends you can also downgrade fernandez to sancho if you if you want to save that cash um i think also if you're you know really desperate cancelo to laporte or i think cancelo probably has a much bigger upside Although Laporte has scored his fair share of goals in the recent in the recent weeks, so I think there are plenty of ways to do it. When would you do? I think the first thing I would do is me down to Peters for the point six saving that you can get from that, because I don't think right. there's massive difference. Like Ben, me, we we sort of assume that he's got goal threat because he's scored goals in the past, but is it that much better than Peters? progression uh, at, at left back I, I don't know I, I think it's pretty much the same um, right. I mean so my I, worry with fullbacks is and we, we, people are talking about Roberts as well as, as the option is when Burnley will are not used to playing midweek games right I mean they're a Premier League team but not in Europe typically so will there be fatigue will the fullbacks actually be rotated and I know Loughton is still coming back and Charlie Taylor is still coming back so you cannot eliminate that, you know, Sean Dyche just feels that they need a rest. Me is not going to get a rest. So let's, okay, let's let's continue with that. So you might downgrade me. Who would you downgrade between Sterling or Bruno? Would it be would it be Foden or would it be um, Sancho? Oh my goodness, this is really tough. I think, 
the the thing about the city guys is they have a week off and you know there's a lot of people saying oh sterling needs a rest or maris needs a rest or whatever um i don't think that's going to be the case i i th weirdly think that the city guys are going to be more predictable this week obviously fernandez is going to play every single game so he's more nailed on and i think he's just such he, he's really got back to his early season form uh, he, he's a must for me so it would have to be sterling down i think i think maris is probably first choice in this team and then sterling down to i don't know you, you could go foden you could go sancho and then you could upgrade um dallow to laporte and you'd have 0.4.5 extra um from that move I think that's probably what I would do, Prize. What, what, how would you save money? Is that something? No, I, I'm very similar. So the, I, I'm sorry I put you on the spot, but I just wanted to kind of think through that as well because, um, you know, when I put the free hit team down, most of my comments were, how are you affording this? We can't afford this. So this is why I just wanted to cover that as well for people who are on. Um, so I would probably, if pushed, I would go Bruno to Sancho uh, because my reasoning is simple that um, I want to have the maximum from the team that I scored the I think we'll score the most points, which is Spurs and, and City. And so I want, I'm not going to compromise on that. From the team that is that can disappoint, uh, which Man United can against Watford, I think you're basically losing a little bit of upside with, with Bruno if you go Sancho. But I think Sancho's looked so good that I wouldn't even be surprised if they if you know if he got a couple of returns as well. So that that would be my recommendation if somebody wanted to go with this draft that you're seeing here but you didn't have the cash that you could look at uh, Fernandez to Sancho. Yeah, I agree with that. It's I think it's an absolute minefield though. You could you could tinker away and add, you know, 20 different screenshots to your camera roll and sure. um, get like equally as nice teams and it'd be really difficult to choose. But yeah, if you are struggling for team value, there's plenty of ways to deal with it as we've just we've just gone through, so Hopefully, that helps you with your free hit for 27. Praz, you're back on Wednesday with Sonaldo to do the burning questions video for the first time in yeah. a while. You've, you've taken a, a nice break off, but it's back to work. <laughs> and I understand that you're going to be looking at non-free hit stuff. So everyone, the 55% of people <laughs> who aren't free hitting are going to get more benefit from that video, maybe. Yeah, it'll be a bit of both. Uh, we'll actually have Andy uh, as well, who does Scoutcast. Um, so he'll he'll be on. We all were, are on free hit as well. And originally the idea was we'd discuss our drafts. And uh, well, they all look very similar. So we'll, we'll, we'll spend a, a lot of time on what can people think about uh, if they're not on free hit and who are the people to target. Fantastic. Look forward to that. Um, I think we'll end the stream there. Thank you everyone for joining us. Um, give us that like button again. That would be... Um super helpful and thank you for joining me praz um Thanks for having me. yeah feel super more comfortable about my free hit now after the massive confirmation bias of going through all of the stats and uh sort of backing up our free hit team tinkers so yes excited for free hit 27 but we've still got the rest of 26 to get through and um yeah fingers crossed salah goes easy on us <laughs> thanks okay man. nice one i will see you guys later have an excellent week all the best